In a corporate world where all employees have great leaders with no egos that create fun cultures where people can do their best work, the employees and companies thrive while doing great things for the customers, themselves, and each other. Well, we know that rarely happens. I'm Jeff Palaccio. I have been a leader for over 40 years for every t-shirt size company from small 16 employees to extra large over 1 million. Please join me while I interview outstanding leaders that will share stories of great leadership and not so great. It will help you become a better leader while poking fun at all the crazy shit that happens in corporate America. Welcome to a special edition of The Corporate Couch. These episodes will be more of a love seat that focuses on one topic and will run 15 to 30 minutes. For each special edition episode, you will hear from one or more outstanding leaders sharing their expertise on the most important challenges in corporate America today. This special edition episode is how great leaders focus on building outstanding cultures. You will hear from 10 exceptional executives giving their answer to the following question. What are the one or two things you focus on to make your company culture a community where people want to work and thrive? Harry Campbell has been president of two Fortune 500 companies, co-owner of an award-winning small business, and CEO board member of an internet startup and founding member of the industry-changing Walmart P&G customer team. Harry has written three books, one about corporate culture. Let's hear Harry's answers to the question. I'm going to answer in two different ways. First of all, I'm going to say when I arrive at a place, if it's a new job or a new role, the first thing I'm going to do is help people understand me personally at as deep a level as I can. And I have two ways to do that. I have written out a pretty thorough personal operating philosophy and expectations, which really provide how I think about a lot of different management and leadership issues and people issues. And I like people to have that so they can put it up at their desk and say, okay, this is going to be how Harry operates. The second one is the seven words, which has to do with your personal brand. My keynote speech on leadership, I talk about your personal brand being the seven words that the world uses to describe you. And I want people to understand what those are for me and why and how I believe they're truth, and they help people understand me. So I've got the foundation aside, which establishes an important aspect of the culture. Then I'm going to give you an answer to your question. I'm going to give you three things that I do in order to solidify culture and help make sure that I believe it's going in the right direction. Number one is you treat people like adults. may sound silly, but it's not. Make sure your practices, policies, and procedures Recognize that people are adults. They can make great decisions. I'm very optimistic about people. And so I love to say, treat them like adults and they will deliver for you. Number two is give them the tools they need to do their job. I have very high expectations of myself and the people around me. And therefore, what I need to do is make sure that the people that I work with have the tools to do the job they need. It may be the best technology. It may be help from other uh, departments or resources or policies. But if you give them the help, and the tools they need to be successful, they're much more likely to do that. Then the final point has to do with, I want everybody to feel connected in as big a way as possible to something bigger than the job that they're doing personally. And this may sound hard, but it isn't really. If you can share stories of success that your company has with partners and with vendors, 
if you can get into recognition and reward programs across a company, you, you can make them feel like they're not just doing a job, but they're involved in more of the mission and the, entwined with the values of the company. So three things. And if you do these, I believe you have a strong start to get a great culture. Number one is treat them like an adult. Number two is give them the tools they need in order to do the job that you need them to do because the expectations are high. Number three is help them feel connected to something that's bigger and better than themselves. And if they do, you have a chance to soar as a company. Harry is a friend and someone I've known for 30 years uh, when we both worked at Sprint, now T-Mobile. But I believe Harry's take on the question is really phenomenal in, in terms of I love how he wants to have the people know him first, because obviously that's easier. You know, if you're running an organization of 3,500 people, they're not going to all get to know you quickly. But he lays out his operating principles, his expectations, and I'm a big believer in culture, and when, you know, when Harry says culture wins long-term, it's just phenomenal, and uh, just his three points are, go a long way with me. Mike Allison is the Vice President of Talent and Culture at Spotlight, where his focus is on leadership development, talent acquisition, employee growth, and engagement. Spotlight was recently named one of Kansas City's best places to work for in both Ingram's Magazine and the Kansas City Business Journal. Well, if I could distill it down, Jeff, to just two things that fuel our culture, I would say, number one, it starts at the top. Our CEO has a pretty straightforward, no asshole policy, and that extends down to our organization. It starts with the individuals we hire. We're probably more thorough than most organizations in how we hire and what we look at. And yeah, a lot of organizations look at things other than skills, but we really do ensure that, uh, do our best to ensure through a series of interviews and looking at social media, uh, calling references, that uh, people aren't assholes and that they do align with our core values, uh, persistence, honorability, uh, being collaborative. And then we took a term from Seinfeld called Kavorka are the humans that we bring aboard to spotlight the types of individuals that other people want to be around. So for you Seinfeld lovers out there in the podcast world, you'll, you'll know a little bit about that word, word, you know, but you know, this Jeff, people will fool you every now and then they'll get hired. They'll interview really well. They'll come across as the greatest people ever. And then they fool you and they turn into someone else after a few weeks or months. Uh, But what I appreciate about spotlight is we Uh, I never want to see anybody lose their job. I know you don't either, but uh, we will manage people out who are toxic, who are caustic, who are assholes, if I can use that word. And we've done it. I've been there now over two years. I've seen this play out, but the organization understands that. They appreciate that. Uh, We have no tolerance for toxic, caustic, assholery, if you will. I, I think I just made that word up. I think the other thing we do that that uh, you know we're proud of the fact and, and grateful for the fact that Spotlight is a uh, Kansas City best place to work for both in the Kansas City Business Journal and Ingram's Magazine. But I think one of the things that fuels our culture as well, I do believe culture starts at the top with leadership, and leadership needs to lean in. But we actually not only listen to the 150 Spotlighters, but we act based on feedback. We have committees that are set up. We have an employee experience committee community enrichment team, a BIPOC committee, an LGBTQ plus committee, a committee for early career professionals, and yes, a fund committee. But these, and we have advocates as well that represent different groups across Spotlight that gather insights and information through a variety of mechanisms, not just through survey, but through day-to-day conversation and report back in those findings. 
and we adjust and we adapt. Now, can we do everything for everyone all at once? Of course not. But we do actively look at what our employees are telling us and we do make decisions um, regularly and adjust and adapt and evolve based on what we are hearing. You know, we greatly enhanced our parental leave policy recently based on feedback we were receiving from our employees. Uh, you know, we have a wonderful PTO policy. You know, we have a wonderful give back to the community policy uh, where, where we can give, uh, you know, 1% of our time and our resources and Spotlight does that as well. Um, we can donate three days a year of, uh, of, our, of our time to, to, to go do volunteer work and, and not count that against PTO. Uh, so twofold, right? The, the no asshole approach and then doing something about employee feedback. So when our employees take a survey, they know that their feedback will be taken seriously. And if needed, adjustments will be made. And I think when employees feel that, they feel that they're a part of the culture. Yeah, it helps we have two cool buildings in the crossroads and we provide food and that's great. We play music all day long. We all do fantasy football. We, we have spirit week. We do these fun things. We're very active on Slack and those can contribute to a great culture. But at the end of the day, it's about the humans you hire and how well they interact with each other. And then is leadership listening? Is leadership being trained to listen and then act based on that feedback? My first thought on Mike Allison's answer is, his title, which obviously wasn't part of his answer, but uh, VP of culture is his title. And, uh, you know, we talk about culture starting at the top. So to have a VP of culture is just phenomenal. And then obviously the no asshole policy when you can uh, verbally, uh, publicly, I should say, uh, state that is, is nice and um, taking time to hire the right people to protect your culture and enhance it is phenomenal, as he, he discussed. And uh, anytime you can reference a Seinfeld episode as part of a culture discussion, so they uh, reference uh, Kavorka, <laughs> which was a great Seinfeld episode. So I, I loved Mike's answer. Jonathan Jones is the cultural conversation leader at Demdeco. He joined them in 2006 to give leadership to the company's focus and intentionality about its culture. Since that time, Jonathan has helped develop and lead conversation around Demdeco's purpose, pursuing business the way it ought to be, and its mission to lift the spirit in measurable and tangible ways. He helps Demdeco tell its stories both inside and outside the company. There are two illustrations or pictures that I like to use to that, that to me best describes what a healthy culture looks like. And one of those is your lawn. You know, it's September here in Kansas City, and I bought grass seed yesterday. And your company culture, organization culture, family, really any any group has a culture, whether they realize it or not. And you have to be intentional. And the reason I like to describe it a lot like your lawn. Your company culture is going to do something all by itself, even if you choose to ignore it. Same way your lawn is. And, you know, if you've grown up in a small town where there were no HOAs, uh, there was always that one house that was overgrown. And companies that are not intentional about the things that it takes to develop a healthy culture, things like communication, collaboration, trust, appropriate recognition, feedback, cooperation, those are the things that make a healthy company. And those take intentionality. They have a beautiful lawn. You have to be intentional about fertilizing, weeding, maintaining, all those things you have to do 
with your organization. That's what makes a healthy culture. So then when you have perks or events or fun days, barbecue, food trucks, whatever it is, those things are much more enjoyable when you've paid attention to the things that are most important to develop a healthy culture. The second thing I like to describe what a healthy culture looks like or the work that it takes, it's like a healthy long-term relationship. And if you've been in a healthy long-term relationship, uh, you realize one thing, it's really pretty simple. It's just not easy because the same things that it takes to have a healthy long-term relationship are the same things that it takes to have a healthy company. Good communication, trust, cooperation, collaboration, all of those things really are, are the, the small pieces that it takes to have a healthy relationship. And when you focus on those things, then the, the perks, so to speak, the date nights, the vacations, the fun trips, the, the weekend trips, those things are much more enjoyable because you've been paying attention to the important things. Well, I've never heard a lawn analogy in terms of describing culture, but I love Jonathan's answer. So just like if you do nothing with your lawn, your lawn is going to take shape however it wants to take shape and the same with company culture. So if your executive team or you as an executive pay no attention to your culture, it's going to develop in its own way. So the intention to build a great culture needs to start at the top. So I really love that piece. And then, you know, his analogy uh, on is part two of that answer in terms of it's very similar uh, long-term relations. It's it's simple, but it's not easy. So you have to use, you know, there's trust, there's collaboration, there's communication. So just really love Jonathan's answer. Pamela Norton is a disruptive innovator, cheerful futurist, and optimistic doc connector. She's the inventor of the patented process to create intelligent NFT real-world assets enabling trust, security, a new digital economy, and real-time intelligence embedded into a physical asset. She is an entrepreneurial and driven chief executive with 30 years of industry-leading expertise in founding and launching numerous technology companies in the U.S. and international marketplaces. I think, you know, it starts with me, obviously, and I have a good example because it's just something that happened yesterday is I have this fundamental belief of creating a culture that uh, we own it. We own our stuff, right? And we embrace that. And that we're always here to learn, improve, and excel. And the two core things that I've learned, not only, you know, in just business, but personal life is that if you're self-aware and you're also accountable, you can have great teams, right? You can have a great culture. So it starts with me. And I went back to someone on the team and just, you know, read his email. And I was like, hmm, at first I was like, that's not true. You know, you take offense. And I'm like, wait, what's he really saying here? He's saying he's not being heard. He's saying there's some things that I'm, I'm maybe not communicating right. And so I had to sit with that and I had to own it and go back in a way that's like, wow, you're spot on, you know, and here's what I'm going to do about that. And it's just, if I'm not treating my team that way, the, the culture's not going to to be one where innovation, innovative cultures have to thrive where people feel safe and people feel okay to share their ideas. And when you shut that down and shut people off, you lose great ideas and you lose opportunities to work together in a cohesive way. 
Pamela is just such a authentic and transparent CEO. I love how she says it starts with her and we all have to own our own stuff. So she needs to be self-aware and she has to create an environment of psychological safety for her team members so they can learn, improve and excel. So her self-awareness and leading her company so they all can become self-aware, I think is a critical part of her answer. Sherry Gilligan is the Chief Marketing Officer at the Mayo Clinic. She has held similar roles at Capital One and MGM Resorts International. Sherry is a visionary and results-driven executive leader with a demonstrated track record of achievement in global marketing strategies, brand management, loyalty platforms, lean, agile methodologies, customer experience, digital strategy, mobile media platforms, new channel development, and marketing analytics. What I do personally and really what Mayo Clinic does is we focus on how we can impact the world, which some people translate as purpose, but I'll give you a little bit more background on that. The second thing we focus on is this notion of membership and belonging and feeling included. So on the first thing, impacting the world, it shows up in a couple of ways. How do we help individuals? You know, how do we cure more diseases? So we help individuals. But the second way it shows up is that we're a not-for-profit. So we share all of our innovation with the world. So we connect the world to what we've learned. We share it with the world so that we can impact and deliver cures broader than just, you know, people coming to Mayo Clinic. And that also shows up in a new business that we have where we're transforming healthcare, where we'll have a platform for people to come into and get help with diagnoses and treatment plans that we've vetted. And again, transforming healthcare so that we can connect with everybody, including those you know diverse people, the rural physician, the urban physician who feels like they might be on their own. We help them connect to the latest technology. So that's kind of helping the world, you know, the individual who comes for the cures as well as connecting with people and transforming healthcare. And the second way that we look at, you know, from a culture perspective is people need to feel like they're a member, that they belong, that they're part um, of something. And, you know, they need to see their spot in their organization and how they are making a difference and how they really, it's about understanding the concerns that other people have. And that, you know, when I think about the employees who work for me, that my employees have that I'm also really holding them in high regard and that I accept them for who they are and the background that they bring and the person that they are. So membership is kind of inclusive of all that stuff, accepting people, really caring to understand people's concerns and holding people with high esteem. Common theme you're hearing amongst the guest answers to the culture question is people want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. And there's no better place that illustrates that than the Mayo Clinic. They're transforming healthcare. They are sharing their innovations with the world. And I love Sherry's talk about the culture in terms of the membership and belonging of team members. So really a great answer to the question. Steve McLean's career includes more than 30 years of diverse experience in marketing and strategy development for large corporations as well as entrepreneurial startups. 
His career has been focused in consumer marketing and business development for top brands like T-Mobile, Ford, ADP, and USAA. Steve joined Unbound, an international nonprofit organization based in Kansas City as the chief marketing officer, where he leads a team of marketers, business development, creative services, and media relationship professionals who are focused on creating sustainable growth for Unbound. Prior to joining Unbound, Steve was the Senior Vice President of American Century Investments, where he was responsible for overseeing the retail division, which served over 600,000 individual investors and had $36 billion in assets under management. One of the things that I've always tried to make an impact on a culture was getting to know the people. I think when you genuinely try to understand who the people are, what their interests are, what motivates them. I think they feel a sense of belonging and feel that the work is part of a, a bigger community. I really believe that when they sense, even if it's one person in leadership or across the leadership team, um, that level of interest in the individuals that work there, it can transform the way people look at their work. I think a, a second thing is making sure it's challenging work. I think sometimes the rinse and repeat aspect of a lot of jobs um, is quite frankly, not very interesting. And um, I've always had kind of a quick start mindset and also a change driver kind of experience. And because of that, I think it engages people, it, especially those who want to see the change. There's certainly always people that you have to help through that change, but having an environment where they feel that we're going in a positive direction and momentum is being created. And, you know, in a lot of ways, it's what excites you to get out of bed in the morning. It's, it's a shared common experience inside the, the organization. There's always wacky, nutty things that happen inside orgs and history and context that not everything works from one environment to the other. But I think people share that common interest of big problems, big challenges, a group that feels supported and also a third thing I would say is is being honest and direct and holding people accountable. I think people get disillusioned when they feel like they're busting their hump um, and others aren't. So being super clear and direct, something I learned as the years went on that that helps people a lot because they see you doing that consistently across all groups and they appreciate that, hey, at least he's asking hard questions and trying to get to the truth, not automatically accepting what has always been a fact inside an organization. Steve is one of the most well-respected leaders in the Kansas City area, and he talks about a lot of different things, but knowing your people and what motivates them is so key. And then a common theme we're hearing amongst the answers is people want to be part of something bigger than themselves. So I think that's key. He challenges people, he holds them accountable, and he comes with energy. Be excited as the leader of your team and the company and show that excitement. And we're all human, so that that you know that your energy level is going to vary every day but i think that was a key point and uh, i don't believe any other guest has brought up brad douglas is a partner in plex corp a consulting firm that works with boards ceos and executive teams of both for-profit and not-for-profit organizations to help them solve problems and achieve their goals Brad is the former CEO of Heartland Credit Union Association and a licensed attorney with a unique blend of both for-profit and corporate executive leadership experience. 
Brad has served and chaired numerous boards, including the role of director and chairman of Community of America Credit Union in Kansas City and chairman of Arts KC, Kansas City's Regional Arts Council. First of all, I want to say culture flows from the top. People will always take their cue from the leader. Um, and so let's focus on a couple of what I think are important aspects to building a great culture. And the first one is you have to care about your people. And what does that mean? That means you have to show them respect. You have to listen and be a great listener. When people in your organization are spending so much time working in your organization away from their loved ones, in many cases, they want to know that what they do matters. So they want to feel appreciated. They want to know that when they are speaking, that you are listening and at least hearing them. You may not have to agree with them all the time, but that you will at least hear them out uh, and that you respect them. And uh, the bottom line here is that relationships matter. They know when somebody doesn't care about them and when somebody does. So if you have a culture that you build where you actually have conversations with the people you work with and you remember that they had a ball game last week with their child or you allow them to have some fun in the office. Or if you are the leader of an organization and you'll sit down in the lunchroom with them and talk about what they were doing over the weekend or what their favorite movies are right now, that matters to people. The second area would I would say that contributes to a great culture is transparency. When you are clear about the goals of the organization, and you have clarity around those and, you, and you're singing out of the same psalm book and you're consistent, everybody eventually understands where you're going and they can rally around, here's where we're going. Um, another way to be transparent is answer questions when you're the leader of people. And if you can't answer them, tell them why you can't answer them, but just be yourself and be vulnerable every now and then and just say, hey, I, I just don't have an answer for you on that. Here's why, but I'll try to get it for you. When you have a culture that uh, is transparent, it promotes what I call unfiltered truth. And when you are the leader of an organization, you have to have truth from your people. They can't be trying to shine you on or, or give you just good news because they're afraid you'll take their head off if, you, if they're delivering bad news to you. If you can get real truth and they're not afraid to bring you the truth and the solution to the problems that they bring, then you've got a culture that's healthy uh, when it's operating that way. And people will begin wanting to help one another and it just, it just feeds on itself. Brad, like many of our guests, talk about how culture needs to flow from the top. Also talks about caring for your people, listen to them, respect them, relationships matter, be transparent, build a community where people feel psychological safety so they can tell you and other leaders of the organization and each other the unfiltered truth. So I really enjoyed Brad's answer to the question. Jai Mays is the president of the award-winning Mays Freight Solution. She has been in the transportation and supply chain management industry for over 12 years. Her sales success with large and small companies, along with the lack of diversity in the industry, led to her founding Mays Freight Solutions in 2017. Since its inception, the company, which emphasizes integrity, quality, and superior customer service, has experienced phenomenal growth. One thing we like to instill in people is to be their own entrepreneur. So we like people to know that you're not just working for Maze Freight or you're not working at Maze Freight. We're giving you an opportunity where you can take what you've learned, 
and you can turn it into something as a more as a, of a franchise. That way you're your own boss. We like people who are self-starters and have thick skin and people who are resilient and uh, critical thinkers. We really like critical thinkers because we're in logistics. And so we like to create a culture where we know that you have it in you to be your own entrepreneur. So we don't like to babysit anyone. We don't like to uh, micromanage anyone. Everyone that we bring on as, as a grown individual, you know what to do, you know your job, and you know what it takes to be successful. We lay at the foundation of when you do come on, we give you a, a time frame and a timeline on how you can be successful. So we lay that at the foundation. We tell you what, what comes with logistics and all of the possibilities and the no cap potential in logistics. So that's laid on the table. And the culture that we bring is have fun with what you do, but your main job is to bring value to the customer because it's not about you. It's about everyone who works around you. We take ourselves out and we put the customer and in our, in our peers in our shoes. We place them at the forefront. That way there's no selfishness at all. No selfishness. So our culture is no selfishness. Be a go-getter have an entrepreneur mindset because we set that foundation for you to thrive. You just have to love Jai's energy. Uh, I could see why she would be such a great leader, but you know, some of the points that she said about the culture, be your own entrepreneur, be your own boss, treat people as adults, very similar to what Harry Campbell said, and have fun while you create value, not only the company, but yourself. So I just really loved her take on the answer. Franny Goolsby is the Senior Vice President of North American Sales at Saleolytics, an inside sales business partner. Her expertise spans from Fortune 500 companies to new startups. She works intimately with prospects and clients to implement strategic business plans beyond traditional feet-on-the-street sales models. I think one of the main factors is communication and transparency. Our business is really a human capital business. We're hiring a lot of individuals on a daily basis and trying to attract them to our organization. And for them to feel secure in their position, it really does come down to that, that transparency and communication. And our president, Scott Kruger, does a great job with that. He'll submit monthly videos to our entire organization, just giving them the state of the business. We have quarterly town halls, again, to get the state of the business to give our employees a chance to communicate back up to the president what they are looking for in an organization. I feel like that's one of the biggest factors is really communication and down to the, to the ground level. I've known Franny since 2011 and she shares a common answer. Culture starts at the top. It starts with transparency. Communication is key. And they're in the human capital business, so they have, you know, they have a lot more workers spread out amongst a lot of different locations. So, you know, having the president do monthly videos, town halls, I think it's all important in building, evolving, and maintaining a great culture. Mark Mears is a number one best-selling author, keynote speaker, consultant, and visionary business leader. He has a significant track record of building shareholder value, driving innovations, and profitable growth among world-class, high-profile brands such as PepsiCo, Pizza Hut, McDonald's, Frito-Lay, JCPenney, 
NBC Universal, and the Cheesecake Factory. Today, Mark serves as Chief Growth Officer for Leaf Growth Ventures, a consulting firm inspiring individuals, teams, and organizations to find purpose in fulfilling their true growth potential while making a positive, lasting difference in the world. Millennials and Gen Z in particular, but really all of us, want to feel like we're working at a place that allows us to be part of something bigger than ourselves. That notion of purpose and purposeful growth meld together because purpose isn't just a noun. It's more about being purposeful. It's being in action every single day. And what actions can leaders take to create a culture that provide a community where people can learn, grow, and thrive? Well, first of all, let me start by debunking the word culture. I believe the word community is more apt in today's new world of work. And the reason I say that is culture may just be a place where someone feels they merely are part of, and a community may be a place where they really feel like they belong in. And I remember when I was the chief marketing officer at the Cheesecake Factory, it didn't feel like a culture. It felt like a community, warm, welcoming, collegial, where you had an opportunity for people to listen to you and you had an opportunity to listen to others, and the best idea won. In fact, they're notorious for doing stay interviews instead of exit interviews. Why wait till someone leaves to really understand what they're all about and what they're going through um, and what could make them grow and thrive? Instead, let's ask them a question while they're still there. And that's a great example. But I break it down a little bit further. My thesis is to put the human back in human resources. And to do so... All leaders need to do is show love. And I'm not talking about the kind of love that's going to get you a quick call from HR and uh, escorted out of the building. What I'm talking about is a model based on very human needs that go all the way back to Maslow's hierarchy. And really, if you think about it, uh, Gallup does their state of the global workplace study every year, and they study engagement. And what are the drivers of engagement? And what are the dissatisfaction elements that lead to lack of engagement? And most of those elements are just about being more human, clarity of expectations, connection to the purpose or mission of the company, the ability to do what I'm best at, the ability to learn and grow, and get this, the ability to feel cared for at work. Mark's answer has that common theme of one part of a great culture is communicating to your team members how they can be part of something greater than themselves. He talks about community versus culture, having stay interviews versus exit interviews. I never understood why you had exit interviews and then did nothing about it or even having counter offers to people that accept jobs with other companies. Just treat them right from the beginning. So have an exit interview to understand what the pulse of your company is doing. So I really love Mark's uh, take on the question. Thank you for listening to this special edition of The Corporate Couch. If you enjoyed the episode, I would love for you to take two minutes out of your day to rate us five stars and write a review. Please join me weekly where I interview great leaders that share their career journey and their leadership wisdom. 